0: Is it wrong to consume or even profit from making true crime content that essentially capitalizes on horrific real-life trauma and events? We are nervously excited to dive into this potentially contentious topic on today's episode of Borderline Inappropriate. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I am Aria. Intavong. That's not your... And I thought you were going to say, and I'm Merle, but Intavong is I'm my I'm Merle. Life. O'Neill. Yes. Yes, fantastic. So we are here today uh, to talk about, well, kind of the the ethics, morality of true crime because here on this podcast, every week we dive into... Uh, a
1: new topic that's taboo.
0: Yeah, we're cultivating a safe space here. We talk about taboo topics, uh, uncomfortable topics, topics that, you know, challenging questions, if you will, uh, because I don't know if true crime is necessarily taboo, but I yeah, think... that is. Well, the t- I think true crime as a broad genre isn't it necessarily is. taboo. I mean, it talks about it's dark stuff, but I think I the think question people, is challenging of yes. whether or not it's good to be consuming true crime content, yes. which is what we're discussing today.
1: And we have an expert in the building. I'm
0: going to say that we can flex on this a little bit, both of us, because not only are you a huge true crime junkie, or you were at least, yeah, I was. I was consistently making true crime content. Like, I've made probably over, I've covered over maybe a hundred true crime cases.
1: Gruesome cases, like Very really upsetting, gruesome cases, cases that I uh, couldn't even listen to.
0: Yeah, for like my own YouTube channel, as well as the BuzzFeed Unsolved Network. So yeah, this yeah. is definitely a, a field I feel like we're quite qualified to, to Listener, speak on. Listener, creator. Listener, creator, yeah, exactly. And when it comes to, uh, if we talk about the ethics of veganism, we'll swap the, we'll f- switch it around.
1: How about the ethics of... What? What? carnivore, omnivore,
0: omnivorism Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think there are still studies to be made about whether veganism or not is a be- good
1: topic. It's taboo. Veganism People is taboo, com-
0: and you know, yes, and also, I mean, second, I'm going to dive into this another time. But you, you have there, there are some like
1: vegan perfect vegan.
0: Yeah, well, that, but also like veganism is
1: also at times it can be culturally insensitive, totally, mm-hmm. and whitewashed, yeah, absolutely, and uh, classist.
0: Exactly, but hey. Stay tuned. Another episode, but today we are discussing uh, true crime. Why is true crime taboo?
1: Okay, so maybe true crime itself isn't per se taboo. Like maybe, you know, for example, I think a lot of people, I used to do this all the time. I'd ask just ask people what podcasts they're listening to, and as soon as they said mentioned a true crime podcast, I was pumped because I was like, oh, me too, we can connect on this. So I don't think it's like if people bring up that they watch true crime documentaries or true crime podcasts, it's like, ooh. But more so, lately I've seen more and more media outlets and more and more people in general commenting on how icky it might be that people are profiting on the exploitation of other people's trauma for the means of entertainment and just money. Yeah. I think it's starting to become a little more talked about. I mean, because I'm personally, I've consumed a lot of true crime content through both documentaries, docu series, true crime podcasts. I used to shoot my Tasty videos when I worked for Tasty while listening to true crime every single day. So it was like, I'd be shooting like a potato, tornado potato, while I'm listening to like this horrendous story about some girl being bound and gagged and like driven off somewhere.
0: I'm sorry, but what's a tornado potato? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's one of my viral hits from back in the day. When you take a potato, you skewer it, which is the hardest part. You skewer it through it, and then you take a knife and you bring it around town, and then you stretch it out, and it's like a spiral. Oh, I
0: think I've seen these. I've never had one. Are they tasty?
1: Yeah. It's a pain in the ass, though. There's no reason to make them. Other well, than just maybe we'll make them. them
0: for our Patreon members. A little bonus. Send them to them? No. <laughs> Mail people a potato. <laughs> oh
1: my God, I don't think we can do that.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll make one, and we'll put some behind-the-scenes clips on our Patreon. Okay, sure. Uh, which is where you can see ad-free extended versions of these episodes.
1: And you're going to want them.
0: Oh, you're going to want them for potato content.
1: Specifically for the point in the podcast where I start to get loopy.
0: Yeah, there's always a period now where she gets a little, uh, yeah, loopy is the word. And it's fun.
1: And then will either enjoy it or i will get really frustrated with it. Well, if you first... get to see that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of interpretive dancing, a lot of, uh, usually Arya saying something he regrets. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's where the, the Patreon is where the, the, the content you can hoard to eventually cancel, cancel or blackmail me one day. Canceling That's
1: re- will be another episode. Well, yeah, we'll blackmail not- you've, you've set yourself up to be blackmailed many many times yeah already. there's uh there's, <laughs> there's plenty out there <laughs> there's, uh,
0: it's a separate story for a different day yeah. but there are, there are many people I've tried making amends with so they don't well not say so blackmail me but the, just so they don't cancel uh, you they don't cancel me I'm not gonna put this in the episode <laughs> I don't think it makes me sound like <laughs> I've done horrendous things no, which haven't. I have not done this is more like people I've ghosted for example I try to mend those bridges <laughs>
1: Yeah, you did. Actually, he did reach out to people that he was talking to and ghosted when we first started dating. Well, we're on a segue
0: here. This really is for the Patreon.
1: More and more, I find that people have been mentioning that maybe, you know, the exploitation and the monetization of true crime and other people's trauma is wrong. And I will say, I think that that's a valid conversation to be had. I think that's why it's taboo. I think that's why this conversation is taboo, because you have a lot of people making a lot of money off stuff like this. I am uh, shamelessly a subscriber and watcher, have been a watcher of Bailey Sarian's um, YouTube, pod, YouTube podcast, YouTube show, where she talks. She has podcasts, too. And she mm-hmm. has in her dark history podcast, which is really cool. But, you know, she's doing her makeup while she's talking about true crime. And I always had seen comments in her comment section like, seriously, you're going to like do your makeup? And I've heard other people make references of, like, people doing makeup or, like, cooking while they're talking about true crime. I even tried to do a true crime cooking combination show. But then I chickened out a little bit and I was like, oh, I don't feel like I can talk about gruesome stuff while i'm cooking of all so you things. did you
0: did something a bit different though your ones weren't necessarily like, like mysteries They were more mysteries but yes
1: so that's where i settled i was like i feel morally comfortable here in this area of like the disappearance of agatha christie and like kind of more like like elizabeth holmes i did one on elizabeth holmes while i made
0: yeah food yeah i think for sure i think the true crime as in general is not taboo because so many people consume it but the conversation about the ethics and morality of it all that's what's a little, little taboo. It's kind of like an uncomfortable subject to talk about because, yeah, like you mentioned, there are very... I mean, Billy Syrian, she's fantastic. She's really good. Like, you know, she knows I wanna how... I want to be her friend. Like, the way she... Well, she does her makeup fantastically, but just the way she can tell a story. Like, I, when I was making true crime content, I was like... Like where, oh. how did you remember the entire? Case? I like,
1: think the, she's a genius.
0: I need like when I was doing Twitter content, I was pausing all the time to check my script, and like at one point I had to get a teleprompter.
1: And she's like casually talking about it, like yeah. in conversation. It's like
0: yeah, and she just she's so good at it. That said, what's taboo, I guess, is also because like creators like her are so popular. Like I don't want this to seem like we're taking a dig at her. No, and I'm upset these with other her. creators, but you know that there is a conversation to be had about yeah, is it oh, is it okay? Well, yeah, is it, is it icky to be, like, for people, not Not just her, but other creators do this too, yeah, just doing your makeup or cooking while you're telling a gruesome true crime story?
1: Listen, it's not just on the creators of this content. It's also on the consumers. Why do we want to hear this stuff? That's yeah. also kind of mm-hmm. taboo. Like, why do I want to listen to a story about a woman having a man break into her apartment and, like, the gory details of, like, whatever may have transpired... And then maybe she survives, maybe not. Most of the time, they don't. Most of the time. Actually, true crime, they don't. Yeah. You know, or it's unsolved. So it's like, why do I want to listen to that? Like, what do I want?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I was just piggybacking back on the fact that you're right, that most of the time these true crime cases don't end with them surviving. And those are the ones that tend to do better. I know. I know from my experience telling true crime stories, the ones where it's a gruesome title about some woman, usually a woman getting chopped up, getting tortured. Those are the ones that the higher performing ones.
1: When I think about myself and what I, what I used to look for in a true crime podcast, I think, and this is so fucked up, but I think I actually would look for people that like reminded me of me.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Because I, I like, for example, like the Ted Bundy case. Well, first of all, there's a whole other icky taboo topic to do with, romanticizing serial killers oh my god yeah ted bundy's type was white brunettes with like straight hair Uh, and mm -hmm. i feel like i found some sort of morbid fascination with that also some sort of really fearful thought that like my mom was alive and was young during the time and she she would have fit the profile She's beautiful yeah she's beautiful and she back then would have had long straight brown hair Mm. so anyway i'm just like why is it like i personally i don't know people have their own like like I would more likely watch women's true crime cases than men's. There's more women, yeah, I guess. That's women. also the other thing. I think that's actually a big part of it is why. But yeah, I mean, you're also hearing about like children in some cases. It's, it, is, it is embarrassing to think about. Like it's embarrassing to talk about listening to true crime. Maybe that's another reason why it's taboo. Yeah. Like when you really talk about it and you really think about it instead of just being like, oh my God, you listen to true crime? I listen to true crime too. You listen to this podcast and this podcast. How about this case? Isn't this case crazy? But then when you like really have to think about why it's kind of fucked up, it just, it doesn't feel great. And to be completely honest with you, when I kind of experienced my own form of true crime, not true crime, but missing Adjacent, people, yeah. like when my stepdad went missing Last year, I was faced with the question of like, well, first of all, I wanted to get the word out any way I could. So I started thinking about how maybe true crime I'd find more acceptable and less taboo if it was like missing people. Because it's like you're actually at least getting the word Mm -hmm. out there. It's not a case where we've heard this a thousand times. We've heard this poor detailed description of how this woman was like attacked, you know, over and over again. There's nothing that can change about it. At least if you're talking about a case that's Mm -hmm. ongoing or open or has some sort of cultural significance, some sort of ism attached to it that can open a larger discussion than or prejudiced or hate crime, then maybe it's more worth it. But having been close to it myself, when my stepdad went missing, like I had to talk to a reporter and kind of give them my story. But I was like, I I tried. I can remember trying to think to myself, would I be okay with someone listening to this story for entertainment purposes? Because I remember having that question in my mind. And the answer, honestly... I think was yes. I I don't think I would have I don't think I would have minded because I thought that it might shed light on how seniors are forgotten in this country. But then again, if somebody's telling the story in a lighthearted way, making jokes about my grandfather or in some way like making light of the situation, then I wouldn't be okay with it. And again, I know it's not exactly true crime, but it's missing people. I mean,
0: yeah, it's adjacent. I would say it's in the sphere.
1: It's in the sphere of like...
0: Real like traumatic events that happen in the world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just think, actually, I didn't even think about that when we were going to do this episode. But that's another perspective where that's how I would feel about it.
0: It's a good question to pose anyone listening right now. Like if you had something traumatic, even more traumatizing, like someone in your family was murdered. And let's say the case is closed. Mm. Like there might be value to an unsolved case involving your family getting out there, getting the word out there. I can see merit to that, but like, would you want a story about? I don't know. Yeah, an immediate mom. family member, your mom, getting cut your up sibling. into bits, being told about in a some I want say jovial <laughs> manner, like, but like, yeah, basically being told one way or another for profit or for clicks. Mm. Like, it's kind of, that's where the ickiness comes in. I mean, so I think it's very clear where your stance, well, your sense of mind is, is, your sense is different to mine in a way because. I was actually not a huge true crime consumer before I started making true crime content. You very much are the listener and I was the creator. Because A, I don't really listen to very many podcasts.
1: But you've watched docu-series. I
0: loved true crime docs. That's the thing. I did consume a lot of true crime documentaries. And I think I did so also because I enjoyed the craft. I love the craft of filmmaking. And so seeing the different ways documentary filmmakers approached a true crime story was very interesting to me. I wasn't watching kind of the generic true crime docs. Um, and enjoying those, but like the ones that were kind of like elevated in concept, those are the ones that really got me. Like you for, take inspiration exactly. I, I as a director, I just like I I enjoy seeing how they would craft telling true crime in a way that's different than just me as I did standing in front of a camera, just yammering on about gruesome true crime details. But yeah, my history with the. Field has been just that. I just fell into the BuzzFeed Unsolved Network, which is BuzzFeed's, or was BuzzFeed's, uh, True Crime Supernatural channel. And I fell into it after I did a documentary called Serge. It was about my father's missing best friend.
1: An incredible piece of work.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, that introduced me to the BuzzFeed Unsolved Network audience because that's where the the documentary lived. And then I guess I just got, they just kept me on that channel. I just, it was was during COVID. And so I just started doing true crime videos from home for them. And I wouldn't say I was not. Fascinated. I think growing up I was always interested in unsolved cases and true crime cases. Like I remember a lot of the cases covered on on unsolved and stuff were cases I had already known mm. about. But I never, no, I certainly didn't think I'd be covering true crime cases. It's not really a passion of mine. I never was and it certainly is not anymore. I, I, I am done with true crime content. It's like... Uh, there's very little about true crime, making true crime content that appeals to me, or even watching true crime content. Honestly, we uh, went
1: through a phase where we were listening to it a lot.
0: Yes, on like long drives. Yeah, there were some true crime podcasts we enjoyed listening to, but then we just stopped entirely.
1: Yeah, I I have to think that my, that what happened with Bob might have had an impact on me. Bob being
0: her uh, my stepdad, her stepdad.
1: But also, I think. I just got tired of it. It made me feel sad. Like, it made me feel bad. I started questioning Mm -hmm. why I was listening to it, personally. I mean, I'm not judging, but... Yeah. I know
0: for some people, they describe it as a comfort, which I don't deny that it's a comfort for people. It used to be for me. I'm always curious, what made it comforting?
1: Well, okay.
0: I pose this question to anyone listening as well, if you want to leave a comment.
1: Here's the thing. I think I was in a different category than some people who are more hardcore I never watched, like, Dateline at night. One of my very good friends, she has talked about watching Dateline and falling asleep. And that was actually something we bonded over when we first started spending time together. But I never could do that. I would get too scared. For me, I think the comfort was in the podcast I was listening to. At the time, I was listening to My Favorite Murder, which, like, you know, people had a problem with the title of that podcast Mm -hmm. alone. But it was Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And they are... Are
0: they no longer doing the podcast? Oh, it is, probably still. I haven't listened
1: to it in a really long time. But they would talk and their friendship was like palpable in the episodes. And so like listening to them talk and cover it, I kinda felt like I was hanging out with them. So I wasn't really listening to the like straight up case file just like hardcore stuff. But I also really liked the podcasts that would like cover one case over several episodes. Mm. It was like an ongoing like a investigation. One. Like those serial. I liked. Those I liked cuz those were usually unsolved and it was kind of like, "Oh my god, are they actually going to discover something?" They were usually unsolved cases, so it was always kind of like, "Oh my god, are they going to discover something new?" And sometimes they did. So that was really cool. You know, they're not just reciting the same old Wikipedia like
0: Exactly. And I'll go into one of my points later, but go on. So
1: that's how it was comforting to me is like I felt like I was either hanging out with the hosts or I was kind of along for the journey and maybe they were going to discover something new so that's i wasn't as hardcore i couldn't like fall asleep to it ever like even with the my favorite murder, like lighter stuff i guess
0: that's a really good point you mentioned about how you were more connected to the hosts and their you know relationship their camaraderie that was the comfort which makes a lot of sense actually when i was listening to podcasts i remember though that whenever it was always you picking the podcast because you were just familiar more familiar with them like the true crime podcast and i always remember preferring the ones where they just told about they t- I like, I didn't want any banter about the case oh, yeah. I just wanted to hear the case details and get into the story which is creepy which is creepy and I think that maybe I was just more I, I yeah the banter didn't do it for me I think it's it, it's nothing against them but I just think maybe it's just because subconsciously I was like I don't really want to laugh about this dark Thing. like I, I don't get like, oh, like kind of like the forced like that's true. I don't know
1: yeah there's a lot more like tomfoolery and other ones I would listen to like yeah. last podcast on the left you didn't exactly yeah and there's nothing against them I love them
0: yeah no Merle loves you see, You love the shows where that's like how I was comfortable I people you. that are yeah. hosting the show and for me when it comes to true crime specifically I'm like like I don't know I, I think it just never clicked for me like the idea of like having like podcast banter around mm. a true crime case where mm-hmm. people were most often just like yeah murdered kidnapped Terrible things.
1: Yeah, I guess. Like my question is, like, is it any less terrible to just just get to the gore of details?
0: One way or another, I don't like it anymore. Yeah, and, I, don't I don't think either, I ever fully really. did. I was never listening to true crime podcasts if you weren't there, because I, like I said, I don't really consume podcasts yeah, in still, general.
1: You're still consuming true crime content, like with the docu series. That's very so true. So you can't just say just because you didn't listen to podcasts, you didn't subscribe to true crime.
0: That's very true. And, but I will say that when you were watching, less these, than me though. Uh, for sure, significantly less. But you're right. I loved... True. I mean, like, there's some... Don't you know, fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. But even, like... I, I'd even say, like, there are even more, like... Just cinematically speaking, like, really engrossing true crime docs. Casting Bonet was, like, a really fascinating take on a true crime doc, which I found really interesting. I'll Be Gone in the Dark was a great docuseries. Oh, like, wow, I really yeah. appreciated the storytelling aspects of it. But, you know, what's interesting about those docs is, like, they don't really lean on the banter. It's just, like... It's more. No, it's, it's like this, this it's, it's about the case essentially. Yeah. It's about, and I'm more engrossed by how they're presenting the case, right? Because there are a lot of generic true crime docs or episodes on TV and on streaming, but those ones don't really interest me. I like. I want to see the ones that are made by filmmakers who have a really unique take on the genre, if you will. You totally. Know? But I guess yeah. I, uh, going back to my experience in it, like, and my thoughts on it. That's. I mean, after I started making true crime videos for BuzzFeed. And starting like 2021, I guess it was like, I, I can't even, I've lost count of how many I made for both them and my own personal YouTube channel and my live streams. Like I went in on the true crime thing and I think partially because there was an audience there for it. And so clearly people were consuming that content of mine. And obviously as at the time when I was in the creator mindset, I'm like, okay, well that that's what they want. That's what I'll give them. But I was never really that passionate about it.
1: To your credit, you tended to do something different than a lot of other creators and you focused on minority victims and cases that weren't talked about as much. So that was your own little impact, I feel like.
0: I do appreciate you recognizing that. And that was definitely a conscious choice. If you weren't watching my content at the time or aren't familiar with it, I was doing both true crime live streams on my twitch and of course our both of our twitch are linked in the
1: description oh yeah check us out check us out we,
0: we don't stream too too often but every now and then we'll pop on but yes i would do true crime breakdowns on twitch where i would basically every week cover a true crime case i was being intentional with my selection of cases in trying to find cases from around the world at the very least i thought if i'm going to do true crime let's let's not cover the same whitewashed ones Tired, from yeah. like yeah western cases like a lot of mine were from asia being Asian myself. But, you know, even then I did some from Africa, South America. And so that was like my little, like you said, impact on it. But even then, for the most part, it's like, I don't know, like when I'm covering cases like the Hello Kitty murder or Junko Furuta, you know, which are these gnarly, like gnarly doesn't even begin to describe it, like these horrific cases. I couldn't even finish them. Like regardless of where the case is from, be it Asia, be it, you know, the US, like it's still not fun to talk about. I do
1: have a little, if I'm being completely honest, little bit of judgment toward being able to listen to that. There was one you were talking about, the woman who was tortured for like 50 days or something. 44
0: days, that would be Junko Furuta, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I started it because I saw it on TikTok and I was like, oh, it's Aria. I should watch this. And you started describing the things that were done to her. And I was like, "What? like, what is anybody benefiting from listening to this? Yeah. Like, how is just like it was messing with my mind. It was like messing with my psyche. And yeah. like I felt unwell. And I'm not I mean, you know, there's people that watch torture porn. There's people that watch like in movies like gory is like fun. Which I don't have that, but I don't think that means they're serial killers. I just genuinely could not fathom how that was enjoyable. It just hit a different point. But hey, it's not. I, I I don't know if there's any right to be like that's too far. But I will listen to this true crime story about this like woman being assaulted. This is why it's a very interesting topic that uh, to cover, because
0: I think there are very there are
1: interesting nuances. Everyone
0: has different. Like even I remember I even asked my YouTube community once on the community tab asking them. And I kind of like, like, I don't know, as I say this, I feel icky saying it. But I remember just like, just for engagement, I was told to use the community tab more. And so we posted this question, which was, oh, what type of true crime case do you prefer? Mm. Like, do you prefer murders, kidnappings? But it's
1: like, yeah,
0: icky. But also to that point, like there, yeah, I- even the genre itself has so many sub genres. And so it's like, so let's
1: know. let's just put ourselves out there and discuss what our subgenre was. I mean, for me... Well, I guess I already did. I said people that looked like me.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I was drawn... Okay, drawn... Yeah, the stories, if I'm being honest, the ones that did fascinate me were always things involving a supernatural or ritualistic aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it's because I have some experience in the religious space. I was once a monk, a Buddhist monk, for just a, a few weeks. But, you know... I don't know. I think like ritual, like illicit killings are interesting to me or were interesting because it's like, it's interesting how people attribute like a religion or some witchcraft to, as a reason for murder. Because normally murder is like what? It's usually passion, money, like they're they're very Mm -hmm. set like motives for murder. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like ritual killings or witchcraft based killings, I found those interesting to learn about because i feel like i'm also learning about culture because normally they were very like culture specific right you know but ultimately i just i lost interest in any sort of doing any sort of true crime and i'm gonna be transparent here and i I actually at the time of this recording i haven't like announced it on my youtube channel but like yeah I, i am done with true crime content it's interesting because up until a few months ago i was planning on doing like on going all not pretty much all in for the most part, all in on my YouTube channel, just doing regular true crime content. And I think truthfully, if I did do weekly true crime content, there would be a lot of money to be made there because on an inconsistent basis, when I was just ripping those true crime breakdowns from Twitch onto YouTube, those were terribly like, they were just like choppy editing of a true crime live stream, bad quality. There was no real B-roll or anything like that. Didn't look great. Those ones were getting so many views. Mm. And which was frustrating to me because the videos then I was putting more in, like the ones that I were more <laughs> passionate about that weren't they that like true crime. To other
1: countries when her? I
0: did travel content, like dark travel content, those ones like paled in comparison as far as views. And I was getting sponsorship deals for like the inconsistent true crime videos I was doing. So if I really did like weekly true crime content, I feel like I'd be making a lot more money. But there is no At passion. what cost? At what cost? And, and that's the thing, like it's like, am I, again, it goes back to the question. I'm Not the question, it goes back to the point that at that point I am really just Profiting off of telling these, retelling these terrible things that have happened to real people and have impacted real families.
1: And there is like a very serious point you made earlier, which is that most of the cases that are popularized, I mean, I even said it myself, a lot of the cases I would listen to were people that looked like me, white women. Like those cases tend to be brought to the surface, whereas there are so many other people whose stories are not being told because they don't look like me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like John JonBenet Ramsey, blonde, young, white girl is kind of like, I mean, that case blew up, but I don't think it's a surprise. You look at the top, like most viral serial killers. A lot of those cases are the victims are white. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Dahmer is an exception.
0: And that's why it's like, I don't want to, I didn't, I didn't, and I don't want to be a part of that cycle.
1: Right. Like, why does it have to be a white woman for it to matter?
0: Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, but then when you get into the into the mindset of a creator where you're like, okay, now I'm going to be grinding for views, for money, you'll you know be the more... Heavy in- hitters. You know the heavy hitters. And that's why there's so many... That's why so many of the same cases are, are are covered. And that's why I tried breaking out of it and covering more cases internationally. But even then, I still wasn't finding like creative fulfillment in it. And I get it if, for some people, it's just a paycheck, and that's fine. But for me, as a creative... I want to be doing more with my work. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tried doing dark travel content on my YouTube channel where I would travel to other countries. And I would cover some true crime cases, but not so much. But at the very same time, I was they were spooky. They were more spooky in nature. And I was trying to highlight larger cultural issues. You know, like one of the few true crime cases that I covered at home in my home studio uh, prior to the move that I was like proud of was a case where i covered the murder of dorothy stang in brazil who was uh, the eco queen the eco queen she was combating illegal logging in the amazon and so i covered the case of her murder but i was using it also to spotlight this very real issue of mm-hmm. illegal logging in the amazon and the video didn't do <laughs> that great that
1: made me so mad
0: i mean we just i mean at the end of the day it's like it's fine
1: i like, know but i liked that you were taking like a stance
0: but then to our point right like the ones that I actually that actually
1: have takeaways that have
0: more impact, or I want to have more impact. Those are the ones that are not going to be quite as viral. People don't care about this eighty-year-old woman getting murdered in the Amazon. And people don't give a shit about you know.
1: deforestation.
0: Yeah, and so some people do. Yeah, and so there's. I mean, of course, one could argue. Then you know, I just need to keep plugging away at it. But ultimately, it's like it's it's still within that same like issue of like I'm just not I'm just not motivated when it comes to true crime content and that's why I am like I said I just in general it's not even just about true crime content I think like at this point in my career I really want to focus on directing producing you know for film tv and so I'm really just yeah I'm stepping stepping back away from like most online content creation outside of probably this podcast so this podcast is a really great little outlet yeah, for, for me.
1: I find these episodes where we're not talking about ourselves to be much more fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think uh there's going to be a lot more in the future where we're not talking so much about our relationship. But I think here, once again, we're able to really speak to our issue, perspective. Which is really helpful, I guess. You this know? is
1: cool that we each have such a different position in this situation. Yeah. So is it taboo? Like, is it is it right? Is it wrong? I mean, what do we think?
0: I mean, if I'm being completely... Because I don't want to sound like I'm judging people. I mean, like so many of the people who follow me follow me because of my true crime work and i'm sorry if you are still following me because you expect more true crime content
1: i guess that is your answer you're not making any anymore
0: i'm not making it anymore but whether or not i feel like it's wrong i think a lot of it is wrong i think there is good that can come out of true crime content like i said like if there were i would love to see bigger creators tackling cases from around the world in a in an impactful way. Mm. So like again, there are cases from around the world that are that fall into the same category of Western cases that are just gruesome for the sake of being gruesome. But totally. if you're covering stories like I was planning to go to Nigeria and doing some dark travel content there and just filming some true crime adjacent stories like about uh, child witchcraft accusations in Nigeria, um, which has such a horrific impact on you know uh, children in Nigeria and beyond, and i wanted to cover these types of stories and obviously i just i am repivoting my focus to elsewhere but i would love to see bigger creators who have the resources to cover those stories do so because they they probably have a larger audience that will listen and will uh you know can justify kind of the cost of, of making that content whereas why because i couldn't that's why i stopped doing i stopped doing the travel content temporarily just because the 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 costs were just abhorrently like Mm. I wasn't even close to making money. I was bleeding money. Like if I was, if it was like breaking even, that would have been fine. I would have kept doing it, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't breaking even, you know, and it's a shame. You gave it a try. Essentially. Yes. True crime. I think for the most part, yeah, I think it's a little icky, but if true crime is done right and I would love to see other creators, bigger creators, uh, do it in a more impactful way. Then I think there can be a lot of good that comes from it.
1: There are some people that do. There's that woman on YouTube. Also Kendall. Kendall Ray. Kendall Ray does a lot of missing people's cases Mm -hmm. and raises a lot of awareness to lesser-known cases. Um, I think that's great to see, like, that her influence is actually being used in a productive way. And I think from my perspective of having experienced some form of true crime Mm -hmm. in my own way, I, again, think my stance on it boils down to, are, you know, like, what is the takeaway? Like, what is the impact it can have? And Are you glorifying the killer And are you sympathizing and being empathetic and telling the full picture and story of the victim's life, you know? And what can other people actually take away from that? Like, are there any takeaways? I I guess it's like there's a lot of things in life that are going to be popular but may not be the most morally leaning things in the world. Like fucking fast food, burgers, eating meat, super popular. if You sell meat at your restaurant, depending on where you live. Probably gonna make more money. Do you have a moral conflict with eating meat? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many other ways. Like, you can do it. You can keep... (laughs) This is where I take get into my (laughs) vegan soapbox. I imagine (laughs) that's what this is all about.
0: It's good. But that's,
1: like, one example I can think of off the top of my head. It's like, okay, fast fashion. Yeah, you're gonna look great, maybe, if you buy some stuff from Shein, whatever the fuck that thing is called. But, like, at what cost? It's like, yeah, you can consume this stuff. With true crime, I think the people that might hurt the most, the family members... Of the victims if they're listening, you know, a lot of the time they don't want to see be re-traumatized by seeing their loved one's name splattered all over the Internet or all over, you know, a podcast or the YouTube. So that's another thing to think about. But I don't think it's going anywhere. So I think if you're a creator in this space, like you just said, look for the why you're doing it. Maybe try to find a way you can impact the world in some small way or some some message you can. Have people take away from it, and if you're a consumer of this content, just think about if you think it's uh, how do you how does it sit with you morally? I wasn't able to stop listening to it till it really didn't feel totally right to me. Yeah, and, and that's okay if you disagree.
0: Well, for the listeners, like I, I really don't want it to feel like I'm judging you for if you if that does bring you comfort mm-hmm. and that helps you get through the day. Fair enough, you know. Hey,
1: I just listened to a true crime
0: podcast. <laughs> Did you?
1: <laughs> Let me just make this clear. I just listened to a true crime series, because those are the ones I tend to listen to now instead of just like the episodic cases. I just listened to one called The Root of Evil, and it's all about the Franklin Lloyd Weber house and the family that lived in that house on Franklin, which is right mm-hmm. near where I used to live, actually, in L.A. And essentially, it's telling about the horrendous story of the family that lived in that house and... The murder that took place. But what I will say is at the last episode, the family, they all had their own separate. I won't spoil anything, but they all had their own trauma surrounding what went on in their family. But they did come together and they did say having a space to talk about what happened to us makes us feel empowered. The fact that we can have anybody hear our story when we felt like for years that nobody heard our story, it actually heals us. So I was like, okay, this feels different because they're mm-hmm. the ones telling the story. Yeah, this totally. happened to them. They have control over their own story. They have the ability to decide if they want their story made public. Mm-hmm. If they're airing their own dirty laundry, so to say, as far as their family if goes. it's right. their right, they should be able to do it. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel icky about yeah. that. I, I, that, that, that's probably where I'll focus my energy moving forward. Either podcasts or documentaries that are like shedding light on some issue that's connected to a case or people that were involved in a case that want to like reclaim their power.
0: Not as a consumer, but as like a filmmaker, I'm in that same sort of space as you. Like if I am to do more true crime content or go back into it, I'm going to, I would only want to exclusively do ones that involve the people in the case. I've covered More than enough cases that are are just me, like you said earlier, regurgitating basically Wikipedia facts. My research was done by an actually very talented research team. But essentially you are just regurgitating very gruesome facts. And that's what was not creatively fulfilling. If I were to return to the true crime space and making some content around that, I would want to do kind of like you mentioned something that feels like there's more of an impact and that involves the people or the family members or people that actually were involved in Mm. the case, you know, because then it feels like, yeah, it feels like you're getting consent. To, mm-hmm. to, to cover that story or to help them bring light to this case. I'm not saying I'm not proud of all the true crime cases I covered. There were some where I really directly worked with victims of those cases. I remember a case that I covered for the Unsolved Network where I was in Boston and I was working with Mary Franklin who spoke about her husband's unsolved homicide. And there's a case where I worked with a young woman in Australia who was the victim of hypnosis abuse. Those videos where I was directly working with victims to get their stories out into the world, those ones I'm so proud of. Mm. But unfortunately, just the majority of the cases that I did cover and the ones that BuzzFeed wanted or the ones that just did well were the ones where I'm just saying this happened. This person was kidnapped. This person Mm -hmm. was murdered. This person was chopped up. This is how the killer was caught. This is how the killer wasn't caught. This is when it went to trial. This is their sentencing. It's just Mm -hmm. not only is it creatively unfulfilling, but it's also just like, man, it's just a vibe killer. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like.
1: That eats away at you after a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think I really don't want us to sound like we're saying if you make true crime content or if you consume true crime content you're a bad person. This is totally up to you. This is our own feelings and experiences as someone who's experienced their own sort of true crime situation, also used to listen to it very very heavily and loves horror movies still to this day, and someone who made true crime content and still tried to make their find their own niche impact within that world. And why we don't listen to it the same way we used to anymore. But I still think there's room for true crime to evolve. Like, maybe creators will start to look at the larger context of the history of these, of these, like, heavy hitters. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's already kind of tried. I watched the Dahmer documentary, and it was interesting and really upsetting and disturbing to see how racism impacted their inability to catch him. There were so many times he should have been caught. But there's a larger cultural issue there that's still relevant, very relevant to this day. So I'm like, there's... There's more in these stories that we can glean from them, you know, than just simply man enters house, man tortures person, man kills person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think like Bailey Sarian does do that. I think she does do a really good job of like I've watched some of her videos where she'll talk about the larger cultural significance of a case. Um, But anyway, yeah, it's just it's a tough one.
0: (laughs) It is a tough one. I mean, up and literally up until like maybe two months ago, three months ago, I was planning on doing regular true crime content on my own personal YouTube channel, on my TikTok. I, I think it was two months ago, three months ago, I was uploading weekly true crime TikToks. And I have even still been commissioned to shoot 20 true crime TikToks for, the Buzzfeed, uh, mm. for BuzzFeed's true crime TikTok channel too. And so, yeah, like I said, I, I mean, I've really lost count. It's probably over 100 true crime cases at this point that I've covered. And it eats away at you.
1: I think you just got to do what sits right with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's important we have this conversation. I think it's important we don't yuck anyone's yum, although yum feels like the wrong word for true crime. Yeah. But but if it is a comfort, if it whatever, it's a, if it is your source of income, whatever, this is just our thoughts. Simply yeah. our thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'd love to know if you heavily disagree with us, if you think we're being too, like, judgy. I don't know. Mm. I don't think we are. No. But- if you disagree, we'd love to hear why. If you agree, we'd really love to hear why. <laughs> no. And go, We want to hear your either <laughs> way. <laughs>
0: and going back to your point, it, it is about the why, especially for creators. That's why I stepped away from it and I am stepping away from it is because there is no why other than potential profit. But then it goes into profiting off of other people's trauma, mm-hmm. you know, very real trauma. And that's when the moral and ethical issues really come into play for me.
1: At least with horror movies, it's not like... Based on reality, yeah. unless it is, but you know, what obviously I mean. some are partially Rarely. inspired, but for, for the most part, yes. I mean, they said like strained the strangers was inspired by he got a knock at the door and nobody was there. Strangers, the, the, Psst, potato sacks over their head.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's inspired by what?
1: The director apparently like got a knock on the door while he was staying at like a rental or something, and then that the so like it's a very loose interpretation. Yeah,
0: exactly. And obviously, there are some movies that are direct like yeah. biopics, but. Again, very different, I would say, for the most part. That's
1: another episode. We'll talk about horror movies another time. Yeah, because we do love love horror horror
0: movies. (laughs) Um, I don't even necessarily know what's taboo about horror movies, but.
1: Oh, there's a lot. There's gore, the reason, like the fact that people, I mean, my mom hates horror movies and she doesn't understand why I do it to myself. She she does not get it. Yeah. I mean, people that don't like them do not get why people like them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I remember. I once posted uh, it was like a template on Instagram that you could fill in. And the template was like listing your top five comfort horror movies. And I got a lot of questions that. from people asking like, what the fuck a comfort yeah. horror movie is? But Hey, that goes back to the true crime thing. Like comfort horror, comfort, true crime. I mean, like I'm not what are your
1: five comfort, true crime <laughs> podcasts. No, <laughs> I mean, well, I could tell you what mine were. Mine were my favorite murder last podcast in the less left. Um, what was the one with Ashley flower that we listened to sometimes was it crime junkie, crime junkie. Um, and then it that was, that's what they were. And then it spun off into the one that is notable, Finding Cleo. That true crime series talks about how many indigenous women have gone missing. Yeah. I'm like, there's a shining example of some true crime content for people that want to listen to it with a huge, huge why. And uh, that can make a huge impact because that's an ongoing issue. Like not mm-hmm. only are rape statistics for indigenous women through the roof, but missing people murder out of control. So I'm like, okay. These these people are doing something. Yeah.
0: Free idea for any creators out there with the resources and audience that want to cover this and make a real impact. Highway of Tears, similar uh, story. A lot of a lot of indigenous women gone missing across the Highway of Tears uh, near Vancouver, BC. Those are the type of cases I would love to have covered myself, and I wanted to cover. But again, I'm taking a little step back to focus on my you know directorial efforts uh, outside of the space. But Again, those are the type of stories that I would love to see covered, and those are the type of stories where I'm saying yes, true crime can be hugely beneficial to bring awareness to these issues that can make an impact on missing persons cases, missing people, missing persons, missing people's cases. Missing persons. Missing persons. I think is correct. Um, Exactly. So I don't know. That's just one of many. I think I don't know. I I don't know what sub little like what the percentage of viewers listening to this are actual true crime creators. I don't know how many people I'm speaking to. Maybe just like one person. Maybe half a person. Maybe they want to be. But if you want to be your wife just like if I could speak to other true crime creators having been one just let's put stuff out into the world that actually makes a real impact if you have the, the time and the resources to do
1: so. There's something that my acting teacher one of my acting teachers said to me about acting. If you find the why, the how will present itself. So if you find some, if you really want to try making content of any kind, let's just say, if you have a very strong why that, like you know, you're really passionate about it, the how will figure itself out. How you like accomplish it, how you get successful in it. If you're tied to it, if your heart's in it, then it'll happen.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely.
1: That's just a life lesson. It really
0: is. Yeah, your heart has to be in it. This is a good
1: episode. I enjoyed this episode. (laughs)
0: Merle's announced that this is a good episode. (laughs) And so you have to agree.
1: You have and to agree. And you
0: have to leave a, a review. Yeah, and please. you have to like, comment, subscribe. If not, you're calling Merle a liar. And you don't want to do that.
1: You don't want to you do that. You certainly
0: do not want to do that.
1: Do you love how I snuck my vegan agenda in there?
0: Yeah, that was, that was good. I'm going to get roasted it, for that.
1: I just, it was just the first, it literally was just the first thing that came to my mind. I'm not even joking. It's not like I pre-planned this.
0: But it, it did fit into into the, the And then context. I brought in
1: fast fashion.
0: Yes, that's very good. Which is its own topic. And one, Ooh, uh,
1: that's a good one. And I'm not uncomfortable calling out Shein. Why would you be? They're criminals. Yeah, yeah. But why would you feel uncomfortable? Because they reached out to me to collaborate with them. <laughs> did they? <laughs> 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 what did you say? I didn't respond. I'm not doing that.
0: I no no. She didn't respond. You didn't say like no. Piss off. You know. I pay say, pay, I pay actu- your workers a, a fair, a fair really, wage. I actually I
1: actually considered. I wrote. Well, I didn't write it. I. Clicked reply, and I started thinking like, "Don't you care about the fucking planet?" That's what I wanted to say to them. I'm not. It. I'm not interested. I could still send it. They reached out to me like a week ago. You don't give a shit about your workers. You don't give a shit about the planet. You are literally like a huge part of the reason that our planet is on fire. Yeah, people like you. Well, but definitely... it wasn't this one poor woman whose job yeah. It's not the fault of the market. <laughs> I need to do person. like an open letter to the actual corporation, not this one poor woman who's just trying to get through her fucking Thursday. So. I liked this episode. I don't care if you like this episode. No, I do care. I hope you liked it. Actually, I really hope you did because I want to do more episodes like this that aren't just like directly tied to us, yeah. our relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And that's Please not to give us it. more time. No, no. We like the relationship stuff too, but I don't like it. I, yes. I, get, I start to feel self-conscious talking about our personal lives for too long, too much. Yeah, absolutely. As, yeah. There's some things I like to share, but then the, and those are the ones we cover, but the you know
0: healthy balance to things as with it's everything just, in it's life. It's just
1: like the thing I said about that why and the how. I love talking. I True crime was a passion at one point. Mm-hmm. Loved it. So it's fun to talk about. It. Absolutely. Okay, send us more ideas, more taboo topics yes, please. that you'd like us to talk yeah, about.
0: Yeah, leave comments. Uh, leave mm-hmm. us a comment with, you It know, really
1: helps engagement-wise. I know it's cringy, but it's true.
0: That's true. We want to make sure that we are reaching as many people as possible and growing this lovely community, which you can also be a part of oh, yeah. on our Discord server, which you do have to be a Patreon member to access. Yes, it's but only it's only for a Patreon fun members. Time. Uh, but even if you're not a Patreon member, you can leave a comment uh, down below if you're watching it on video form. Leave us a review. Give us ideas for topics, questions you want answered on future episodes, perhaps.
1: First we should, should we have... How do we... Well, <laughs> what,
0: in, what in the world? <laughs> what kind of sentence is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's like sometimes Merle wakes me up in the middle of the night because she's like sleep talking. <laughs> and that's the sort of sound that comes out of her mouth. <laughs>
1: How do we, what do we figure out, like, what are we doing with this consumer? I mean, with this, what are we doing
0: with this This what podcast? Are, what are we doing
1: with these people writing in? How do we get their questions in?
0: If you're a member of our Patreon, you can leave us comments on our Patreon or on our Discord server with... You know, other topics you like covered, you can directly engage with us there to hear or to tell us more what you'd like to hear about. Uh but either way, Patreon sure we'll member or not, we're just happy to have you here. Yeah,
1: if you're not a Patreon member, you can also still submit. Please yeah. please do. It's leave just a the, comment the down the down that the Patreon feed will be less clogged.
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: Unless nobody comments yeah. <laughs> on this. <laughs> and
0: yes. This is be In which really case, awkward. Please leave us a comment. In which uh, case,
1: I'm gonna start creating fake email accounts. <laughs> 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 uh one
0: of our uh I won't name her, one of our former co-workers and a, one of our dear friends but a former co-worker who used to work with us at BuzzFeed uh, she would often especially this is during the BuzzFeed decline too where people were really like hating on BuzzFeed she had like alt accounts where she would respond to oh, comments like, yeah she'd be like oh th- th- she would name herself like insert oh, yeah. name but it's so great in this video <laughs> <I> <laughs> or, like, or she would like defend herself or her friends too She if someone was like making a nasty comment she'd be like oh go fuck off I've or something that. like that you've done that I've done that <laughs> Hey, we are honest on this podcast. I did that one time. What was the Actually, comment? I did
1: it a couple times. When I first started being in YouTube videos for BuzzFeed, I had not been on front of the camera. And people were not used to me. And they were not as nice to me. They thought I was just this idiot lady who's tr- stupid. People would be like, you're stupid. <laughs> they just said that? Yeah, was no, like, they like, for- you're stupid. Do you understand that you can like come across intelligently? Actually, maybe you can't. And That's it was such like, a deep cut. Fuck, dude. That's like one of my biggest insecurities is like people... F- I want people to think I'm smart.
0: Mm-hmm. Which you are.
1: Thank you. Thank God you said that because I was going <laughs> to stew over that for a while. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no. So basically, eventually, people would like in the beginning be kind of mean. Mm-hmm. So I created this fake account. There was one video I did that got a lot of hate. And uh, I won't even mention what it is probably because then you'll think that every response on that is from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was back it was years ago, but it, I did a video that I guess was struck some nerves. I've done plenty of those, but this was like one of the first ones I ever did. And people were just people were just being mean for the sake of being mean, saying that I'm an idiot and that once again and stuff like that, I would respond to them and say things like, you must be really sad with yourself. like you really must not like yourself. That you can be so mean to somebody else. <laughs> Did they ever re- respond? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I don't think they so. That, just, I hope they're okay. Yeah, <laughs> you like, scolded them. Well, I was trying Which to. Think of a w- I was trying to think of a way to like not be like you're actually stupid, but also sometimes those kind of comebacks hurt the most.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly. When you can really restrain yourself and give like some cutting words,
1: because it's true.
0: Yeah, that's why it hurts. It's true.
1: It's, it's like if you're going to be mean to other people, you're not doing so hot on yourself.
0: And if anyone ever leaves negative comments on this podcast, if anyone does come to our defense, please do not assume that it's us. Oh my God. But it might I be. I haven't
1: done it in years. But it might
0: be. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
1: It. I did it in the beginning. I don't do it anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm so hardened by life That's on true. the internet. And you know what? I've never done that just because for me, it's like, especially
0: you, like I already care so little about like critiques in general unless it's like from someone whose like opinion I really respect in regards to whatever that critique is mm. like I don't give a if it's like a for example if a famous director critiqued me on my fashion style I don't give a shit but if they critique me on like my filmmaking sure I'll hear that mm. but for the most part if I'm hearing critiques from people in my in the real world or even people I know like I won't let it like I might I'll take it but I don't really let it affect my mood so comments in general on top of that from strangers online that's that nothing to me it's like
1: it hurts me still a little bit but it doesn't hurt me as much as it used to yeah depends what it is depends like if it's something like that like you're dumb that's that true I
0: have responded to a comment on my YouTube channel where like when it's like when they just say something so like it's like something that's covered in the video and they attack me for like not having mentioned it and I'm mm. like it's in the video
1: yeah, yeah 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 then
0: I'm like I don't even like yell at it I just say did you watch the video? That's all I just. That's the comment yeah, I respond.
1: Yeah, no. Honestly, that's the t- that's that's the change now. Now I respond as myself.
0: Yeah, that's true. I respond as myself too. Now
1: I don't care. I w- I don't need a fake account anymore. But I did I did used to do that when I was too nervous. But now I don't give a shit. I'm like, well, also because now it's not on BuzzFeed videos. It's on my own YouTube channel. So yeah. I'm like, I don't need to f- create a fake account to defend myself. This is my house. Yeah, get out if you don't like it. But also now I also think to myself. Comment the negative shit. It's good for engagement.
0: Absolutely. So, yes, if you want to trash us, please feel free to do so. Yeah. yeah. But focus be-
1: on him. He can handle it.
0: That's true. Yeah, lay it lay it all no, out. No, don't out actually,
1: because then I'll feel really sad, too.
0: Oh, you don't have to, sweetie. It's okay. I would. I'd you actually would feel maybe bad? feel worse. Oh.
1: Because I don't believe that it doesn't bother you. I think deep down it hurts.
0: I'm being sincere when I say I...
1: Well, but part of me will think it's still going to hurt sure, you. Sure,
0: sure. But, yeah, I, I am being sincere when it's, a, when, it's a, when it's a comment from an online stranger
1: this all came from true crime, by the way. Do yeah, someone were this? here,
0: but that's it. we're at the point of the episode now where it's just kind of like now. We're if you're just, still
1: here, bless you.
0: Bless you. Uh, we'll wrap up shortly. We did a wrap up already. I think we were telling people. Yeah, to- what is this
1: for? For ourselves, I guess. No, yeah. no this better go somewhere.
0: This will be no. This will be in the. This is the episode.
1: Well, um, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for being here. Please do leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Like, subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh Check us out on social media. The links are in the description. But yeah. you are what, Merle? You are
1: at Merly Shea. Oh yeah, Merly Shea.
0: And I am at Aria
1: in Tavon. They'll all be in the description. They'll all be in the description.
0: Um, and do connect with us. We do love We do love genuinely We chatting. actually
1: both are good at getting back to people. We want to cultivate a community, though. Thank we you Thank you all. just for even listening to this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to us uh, ramble about true crime. But I think it was a very interesting conversation. And uh,
1: Even if you're using it just to get angry to go to the gym or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Hate listen, you know? Yeah.
0: Have fun. <gasps> Hopefully no. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for listening.
1: That's that. See you on the next.
0: See you on the next. Oh, we need outro music, don't we? At some point, too.
1: Yeah, we do. Cool music. Ba, ba, we'll figure ba, that ba, out. What
0: what genre? Ba,
1: ba, ba, I don't like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Is
0: that like some strange Middle Eastern twang? <laughs> no, it in there? sounds
1: like like a, a sitar. You know, like the you know, like the banjo, like the a like sp- the like the scene in Bugs Bunny, like they're all in the cartoon. They're all in the like bayou. Ding, 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 oh, kind of like ding, uh, ding. like in Deliverance. Sure.
0: You've seen Deliverance?
1: Yeah. I showed it to squeal, my Squeal, Piggy, squeal. <laughs> I showed it to two friends of mine while they were visiting my mom's who lives in an 1, 1,100-person town while we had just taken edibles.
0: Wow, that is a it choice. It was a
1: horrible idea. But he is playing it. Uh, it is a, it's, a, it's a banjo. Yeah, it is. He's it is amazingly a, talented.
0: Yeah. So there's a real so person. It's, but it's, I know. He casts yes. real people. Yeah, yeah, but the... the, the <laughs> thank you sweetie uh, but the instrument you are talking about was a banjo then
1: yes, you were saying it. ding dong ding ding ding, 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 ding you want ding, a banjo ding, outro ding, ding, we'll ding. have a banjo outro no 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 I want dubstep
0: those are two completely <laughs> different uh, <laughs> dubstep with a banjo sure if there are any dubstep artists out there that use a banjo and you want to do the outro for us
1: oh that would be awesome hit us up okay or any music actually.
0: I'm, I'm into the dubstep banjo, but if okay. not, yes, yeah, yeah, dubstep banjo would be really part apart. Someone, opera dubstep. I was thinking opera, something operatic, but I guess then they'd be no. over us, and no, that doesn't work as well. Dubstep banjo. I want to make that happen.
1: All right, we gotta go because I gotta go get groceries.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna play some Baldur's
1: Gate. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.